Hello everyone, and welcome once again to We Only Look Thin. I am Donald Weigel. And I am Katherine Weigel. <laughs> <laughs> she is talking like a robot for I some reason. I am a robot. <laughs> wow. A, uh, I can do what I want. It's my podcast, an, 50%. In, an inspirational robot, would you say? Very inspirational Very robot. inspirational, yes. Um, so... This week, we thought we would uh, tackle a little question people ask all the time, and that's, what is our one weird trick for losing weight? Um, people have asked both of us, um, you know, so what are you doing? How are you doing this? And um, they seem entirely disappointed when we, uh, when we tell them that we're... The truth. Know, yeah, <laughs> they the want truth. To know, it's like... One weird trick, like, oh, all I did was blank, and it was as easy as that. Yeah, they're hoping that we say something like, just don't eat okra, and and you'll the pounds will come right off. Sherman or, Oaks doctors don't want you to know that this one weird trick burns all the belly fat. Yeah, exactly. It's all a lie. So um, we thought we would start off with a list of things that we, bef- you know, before we did our current weight loss plan that we had thought about doing in order to lose weight. So, and Yeah, so like, you know, I went to any length to avoid actual changes in my lifestyle. <laughs> like, I wished and prayed for some pretty dramatic things to happen in my life and actually thought of them as viable options for sustainable weight loss in the past. Yeah, and uh, the one that I thought about all the time and I still think about all the time was going on Survivor um, because they... They don't get a lot of food, and you see at the early episodes, they uh, the people are one weight, and then by the end, they've all dramatically lost a lot of weight because they're just eating rice for 40 days, and I honestly thought that that might be a, a viable way to lose yeah, weight. It, it goes back into the, like, wow, must be nice to starve on an <laughs> island. So, like, we would starve on an island instead of actually making sustainable life changes. Um, so one way that I, you know, really thought, you know, maybe it was just watching lots of soap operas with my grandmother when I was a kid, but I thought going into a coma would be a fantastic way to lose weight. Like you're just like laid out for, I don't know, two, three months and then you're magically slim. Yeah. Uh, you're literally on a liquid diet. So how could, how, you know, how could you not lose weight? Exactly. Uh, I also thought about uh, getting a tapeworm, how that might be nice. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, like, I remember learning about tapeworms in, like, science class, and I was like, wait a minute, where could I find one? (laughs) (laughs) That is horrifying. It is horrifying. Truly horrifying. And more, I think television also uh, has taught me uh, that there are other ways. Like, I remember watching a season of The Real World back in the day on MTV where uh, one of the... I know exactly what you're talking about. The housemaids literally had her jaw wired shut for a couple of weeks because she wanted to lose weight because she wanted to be a singing sensation and for as much as people were like that's crazy i'm like where's our wire do we have wire that i could wire my jaw shut so that i just couldn't eat yeah she joked about talking like thurston hall the third because her jaw was wired shut and that for some reason has stuck with me for the last you know 30 years or whatever it's been um, I also have sometimes wished for a terrible stomach flu, <laughs> and, and I hate the stomach flu, but it, it was better than the idea of actually exercising and counting calories. I remember having the stomach flu, and while I was, you know, lying in bed going like, wow, I, I wonder how much weight I'm losing right now. Like, this is the start of something magical, <laughs> like, you know, and then being down on the scale seven pounds and feeling like, wow, this is a great victory as I'm like crawling to the kitchen trying to get some water. Um, so I also, because I watch a lot of TV and movies, I 
I feel like cryogenic sleep would also be a great option because like like you're you're like you're traveling to Mars and you're like you're in a this this kind of cocoon and they like shut you down and then like maybe by the time you get to Mars you're really thin. I just want to say from a science standpoint this one doesn't even make any sense because the idea is that they slow your body functions down so much that you that you wouldn't really lose any weight. I mean you might life. on a trip to Mars you might lose a half a pound or I something. I don't need your negativity in my life. I just want to lose Wait in sleep. <laughs> Cryogenic sleep. I just want to sleep a lot. So uh, all right, I, I apologize. Um, so another thing that I've wished for was literal magic, um, magic. or or bargaining <laughs> with some sort of higher power to if you would just please make me thin, I promise I'll be good from now on. Yeah, it's like a kid saying like, oh, I promise I'll be good. Like, no, it's not going to happen. It, not, nothing happens without effort. So. Um, and another option would be like being on the run for some reason, like in some sort of mobster situation where you saw them kill someone in a train station and then had to go live with the Amish on a farm and like right. learn to live off the fat of the land. As, and like, as you do. As you do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I thought maybe, you know, just being on the run would be a romantic way to, to lose weight. I've hoped for alien abduction. <laughs> I mean, for multiple reasons. One, being abducted by aliens would be cool. Actually, probably would the be horrible. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. But uh, also because I would hope that they would, you know, choose me to do weight loss experiments upon and for some reason. use their advanced <laughs> alien technology to to uh, instantly help me lose weight so I wouldn't have to do it myself. The inspiration is out there. <laughs> and and this is a uh, like we're going to conclude with this one, which I think is absolutely bananas now that i'm a grown up uh but i have actually thought that maybe having a shark bite off one of my legs would be like an instant way to like yeah. seriously drop like seriously 50 pounds weight. like i don't know if I, I like the leg part i sort of always imagined the shark would bite off like my middle like in just exactly the right way just enough fat yeah just enough fat so that i would lose a few pant sizes <laughs> yeah no but uh actually thinking to myself like gosh i wonder how much just my leg weighs like how <laughs> so 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 they, these are the the us's of the past who um would go to any length and any uh magical reality to um to lose weight and it turns out that uh spoiler alert i don't think any of those are really viable sustainable options like even if an alien did abduct you and practice weight loss surgery on you. Like, you'd come home at some point and you'd put the weight back on. Yeah, I would just still be me inside and still be, uh, still fall back into the same habits. So, um, about, I think when I'd lost about 50 pounds, I remember going to our daughter's school and a woman seeing me for the first time in a while and she got kind of wide-eyed and she, you know, she walked up and she was like, Catherine, what did you do? And she made this like staple motion toward her stomach. Yeah, like, you can't see Catherine's actually doing it staple, on staple. the podcast. She's making a motion like she's using a stapler on her stomach. But she got really excited, like, oh, did you, you know, have have surgery? And I was like, no, I just, you know, just lifestyle changes. And the look on her face of despair and sadness that I hadn't used one magical weird trick was like palpable. Like she didn't want to talk to me anymore because it was so depressing that I actually just had to make lifestyle <laughs> changes. Yeah. So there are, there are uh, lots of people who ask me what I changed to lose weight. And I think a lot of plans will say, just do these five things, you know, uh, 
sort of like a, the gremlin analogy that I made before where it's like, whatever you do, don't eat a carb before 5 p.m. If you do, you'll catch on fire. Like, don't, <laughs> don't get yourself, you that, know. That's another weight loss method we should have thought of is fire. That yeah. is that is one. Um, you know, but people have these hard and fast rules. And I know we've worked out with personal trainers. Um, we've followed plans that had very specific instructions on exactly what to eat and when to eat. And my experience when anyone asks me what did you do what i did is what worked for me and as a person on your own you know working on your own weight you've got to live your life the way you live it and if i eat you know a uh, you know a a salad every day and I lose weight, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. I've had people go, you know, tell me, Catherine, all you need to do is have a green smoothie every morning. Like it's, it's the key to success. I don't want a green smoothie. (laughs) I want coffee and I want cream. So, um, so I'm not going to say pretty much anything about, uh, what I eat because that doesn't matter. Um, what matters is mindset. Um, so I'm going to go through my uh, my top 10 list of what I had to do to lose weight. Um, number one is I had to stop lying to myself. I had to stop lying about why I was eating. Um, I would often say like, oh, I'm going to make this giant tray of lasagna for the family and then proceed yeah. to eat. <laughs> family in quotes, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, or I'm making cookies for my daughter's class and then eat all of the cookies. Um, you know, I'm buying bagels for the office. I am buying cookies for the family. It was all a lie. And I had to get really honest about my intention with things. I had to get honest about um, what I was buying, why I was buying it, and what I knew I was going to do with it. And part of part of not lying, and I had to... I had to do this too. Uh, part of not lying to myself was saying things like, you know, I I deserve this, or I've had a hard day, so I'm just going to let my I'm just going to let my good practices go out the window, and you know things like, well, I'm not going to count these calories. Well, it doesn't matter if I don't count these calories. The calories are still going into me, and my body is still reacting to them because I'm still eating the stuff. Yeah, I you know I deserve this. I don't deserve anything. Like food is food, and you can decide why you're going to eat it. Um, so not lying to myself, getting super honest has been really key because what you tell yourself becomes your truth. I deserve this. No, I don't deserve this. I want a croissant. It has nothing to do with whether I I deserve it or not. Um, so not lying to myself. The next is I had to stop feeling sorry for myself. Um, you know, I could go on and on, or I used to go on and on about my childhood and injustices at work and in family life and things that I felt, you know, I was put upon, um, you know, everyone else has it better or easier than I do. Um, you know, oh, oh, they're, they have more money. Oh, they have more free time. Oh, must be nice to be able to run five miles in the morning like that. I don't have that life. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I would tell myself, oh, other people get to eat whatever they want. Why shouldn't I get to eat whatever I want? And the, the truth is, you know, people don't, I mean, there may be some, those magical people out there who can, but eventually it catches up to everyone. And, you know, I was, the truth is I was eating too much and not, and not moving enough. Yeah, and feeling sorry for myself and comparing myself to others is not going to make any weight come off. Um, So I had to, you know, which leads me to the next thing. I had to stop making myself the victim of my life. 
like I said, I felt put upon, overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, too stressed, too tired, too busy, you know, and um, I wore my victimhood as a badge. I, you know, I think that there's, there's a, um, a thing in our culture of like, oh boy, I, I worked more hours than you, or oh, I had to stay at work later. Oh, I, you know, I had to do all this stuff this week. And um, nobody wants to hear a victim. Just like, I feel like there should be like a, a, an award or a medal store for people to like, you know, give them their big trophy for being, having the hardest life. Yeah. And this goes back to, to, you know, lying to myself too, telling myself all of these excuses why I can't do anything. And instead of focusing on what I can do and, and the, the small changes that lead to big changes that I, I could actually do, I was ignoring those. So in, in January of 2016, where I could barely fit into my size 22 jeans, all of this was going on in my head. I was lying to myself, I was feeling sorry for myself, and I was making myself a victim. And on that day, when I was at my darkest place, having you know lied, felt sorry, and felt like a victim, I paused. And this takes me to my next, my, my number four, is I had to do something. I had to do anything right now. I couldn't overthink it. I couldn't plan for six months for it. I didn't need to research for, you know, a month on the perfect plan, the perfect solution. I didn't have to wait for my life to not be busy, not be crazy, not be overwhelmed. Um, all of those excuses, um, you and, know. And it's, you know, it's about there's never going to be that perfect time. There's never going to be that perfect moment. You're not going to get hit by a bolt of lightning that you know, suddenly gives you the inspiration to do this. Um, I mean, in my case, I guess my bolt of lightning was a diabetes diagnosis, but, um, but I still didn't want to, I didn't, you know, I would not recommend waiting until you get a type two diabetes diagnosis from your doctor. Well, and, I, you know, you can go out and take a walk right now. Well, and people say that too. Like, I don't think I've hit rock bottom. Like, I don't have that motivation. Like, I don't suggest anyone sit in their car crying on New Year's because they're going to rip out of their jeans. Like, I don't want anyone to hit rock bottom. But what I, I, I would suggest is just doing anything. I don't care if your laundry needs to be done. I don't care if your house is a mess. I don't care if you have guests coming this weekend. If you have a lot of work going on, none of that is going to magically go away and make this perfect blank slate for you to start your new fantasy self-life. You just have to do something, anything. And that is what I did. I decided that day that I was just going to start counting calories. I didn't overthink it. I didn't, you know, plan for six months for the perfect thing. I just decided that I would start tracking calories. Um, so I also knew that, you know, based on feeling sorry for myself and uh, making myself a victim, that the voices in my head were not <laughs> what I needed to get by, you know, like, hey, loser, ugly, you know, whatever. Like, I was self-aware enough to know that I needed other voices in my head, um, not magical ones but actual real live voices so that yeah, takes and, me to and, number five and i i was sort of you know my my own pride um i like to think i have all the answers to things and i don't like people telling me how i should do something and you know but it turns out that some outside good advice is helpful it is so that's when i started listening to podcasts like this very inspirational one what, what? podcast podcast it's a thing 
Um, you know, but I've heard before that you become like the five people with whom you spend the most time. So if you're around people who are, um, you know, going drinking on weekends and complaining about work and feeling sorry for themselves, you're going to start absorbing those kinds of behaviors. And that's what I did for years. Complain, 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 and it got me nowhere. So I started listening to podcasts with people who were the kind of people I wanted to be like. So that's when I found uh, the Half Size Me podcast, which is, you know, uh, like I've said before, it's a weight loss podcast that interviews people in long form, you know, 45 to 60 minutes. And really hearing about people's journeys, the, the long run of them, not just like, oh, eat a salad and one weird trick. Um, so I started listening to Half Size Me. I started listening to another one called Happier, which by its own name, it, you know, <laughs> you know, I want to be happier. Hmm, I don't What do they be... try and do on that one? This week on Sad Sack, <laughs> we're going to talk about... <laughs> on Happier, we talk about giant apes. <laughs> um... Uh, I listened to another one called Beyond Burnout, which was about working moms, which I was. So finding things that... And still are. And yes. Um, you know, finding podcasts that inspire you to be the kind of person that you want to be. Um, or books or, you know, online resources, whatever. You know, I think I I went full on the podcast front and then I would impart knowledge onto Don. Yeah, and I listened to podcasts involving fantasy football and I listened to audiobooks and then I listened to her tell me about all the rich information she was getting from her podcast. Rich and, and valuable. And, but it, and you know, and, and this goes back to our, you know, I, I hate using this term, but our codependency on and, and the fact that we, you know, we would give each other we would feed each other's bad habits all the time, you know, for the last 20 years of marriage. And this became a case of us feeding each other's good habits and her, her giving me advice. And I think her telling me, you know, Oh, Gretchen Rubin said this or Heather on half size me said this, like, I didn't feel like she was lecturing me and I was able to come around to accepting the advice a lot easier when it was coming from this outside party. And I think it really helped me to be like, huh, well, maybe I'll accept that and try that and see how it goes. Well, and I think, too, as a couple, you know, I know I don't like being told what to do. And, you know, I don't think... Really? I love being told what yeah. to do. But, um, like Don said, framing it from the perspective of, of an expert instead of yourself, I think, is a big deal. And it just occurred to me that I could just make up things that Heather says. <laughs> you know, uh, Heather says you should really uh, dust more often, you know? Oh, like, really? It's not something I would want for you, but maybe you should huh. try it. I'll have to do I that. I literally just thought about that. <laughs> no, but, but getting experts... You know, deciding what works for you and what doesn't work for you. I, I have gotten overloaded on podcasts as well, ones that have too many rules or, you know, don't eat this before this. And, you know, like I said before, I have to live for myself, but getting inspired by other people and other uh, experiences and other perspectives. You know, I, you know, there was one podcast that I listened to called The 5 a.m. Miracle. Which, you know, I used to roll out of bed at 6.45. I would be late to work every day. And, um, you know, I, I told myself I was not a morning person. And 
it occurred to me that if I wanted to work fitness into my life that I needed to get up earlier. And so listening to this podcast, I don't listen to it much anymore, but listening to the 5am miracle, the, you know, productivity in the morning is something that I have worked into my life. And so I've gone from a person who wakes up at, you know, struggles out of bed at seven o'clock to someone who wakes up at 450 on weekdays to go for a walk because I have made that an important part of my life. So, um, change is quality time for us. It is quality time. Um, So that takes us up to uh, number six, get off the couch. I thought I was active. I used to get 1,500 steps a day. I drove everywhere. I am telling you, just get off the couch. Walk somewhere. Walk to your mailbox. Yeah, do something. Like, uh, do something you enjoy. Play basketball. Join a weekend softball league. Like, you know, for us, it's it's walking. You know, anybody can take a five-minute walk. And I don't... I don't do anything now that I don't love doing. I, this, none of this is a punishment. I don't, you know, I find posts that I made from years ago, like, oh, I hate my trainer or, or, you know, oh, I'm taking this class and it's killing me. I'm not, nothing is killing me now. I'm not making my muscles cry. I'm just walking. Finding what works for you, where you are today, I think is, is critical. So just get off the couch. Um, Number seven, which I think is, you know, where it gets kind of the rubber meets the road is... I now track my steps, my calories, my weight, my measurements. I take photos, progress photos. At the beginning, I didn't want to take photos of myself. I didn't want to face where I was. I didn't want to get on the scale. And a really huge cornerstone of my change has been tracking. So for me, you know, and for Don, we got Fitbits. I track my steps. I started counting calories, not starvation calories. I was probably getting 1,900 to 2,000 calories a day when I was at 250 pounds and I was losing weight. Yeah, and when I started, I think I cut myself back to like 2,800 calories a day at the beginning, and I still lost, it was, you know, it's very slow, but I still lost some weight. I'm down to about 2,000, um, but an, an important part of that is to weigh and measure all of your food. Like, don't trick yourself into thinking that you're actually only having one tablespoon of mayonnaise when you're eyeballing it, you know, because I made that mistake for sure and thought, you know, thought it was one tablespoon and it was three or four and, you know, wondered why why it was, uh, why it wasn't losing as fast as I thought I should. Exactly. Um, so, you know, and I think it's hard to confront where you are when you start. At 250 pounds, I didn't want to have my picture taken. It wasn't until I had lost 15 pounds that I actually had Don take the first sort of full body picture of me. Even if you don't show it to anyone, just take progress photos. Don't be afraid of it. It was hard to get Don to take photos. He didn't want to take uh, progress photos because I think he, he doubted whether or not he was going to actually make progress. Yeah, now I wished I had. I mean, I think the earliest photo I have of, you know, good one is, is about a month in when I'd already also lost, uh, you know, five or ten pounds. Um, so the next one is, and I think this is critical, and it ties back to the woman I met on the schoolyard, just let go of the gimmicks. Let go of, you know, the 30-day quick fix, just cut this thing out, start over, you know, um, plans that aren't going to fit into your life in the long run. You may have short-term success and, and, you know, we are not experts. But for me, I knew that cutting whole swaths of, of, of my life out for the rest of my life was not going to work. So now my, my rule is, you know, I ask myself, can I do this forever? 
And that has been critical because no, you know, you're not, it's like you go on vacation and you're like, oh, I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to get my <laughs> entire life together and it's going to change everything. And it does not do that. <laughs> like 30 days is not going to change your life. Like change comes from, you know, slow, sustainable habit changes over time. Yeah. And when I first started, I, I went hardcore, you know, with a diabetes diagnosis, I went hardcore, no sugar, no flour, um, and, uh, no starches. And I did that for a good while. And I realized that there, I just wasn't going to be able to do that forever. Well, and, and your doctor also said like you had to get super serious, but you now, you know, and I, I think I tried to explain that or tried to talk to you about that. It's like, let's not worry about the forever of your diagnosis, but let's get you, let's get some weight off and then we'll like reassess the situation. Yeah. And I was sad. I mean, I, I was like the idea of not ever having pizza again was sad to me. And, you know, it turned out it wasn't forever. It was just for a while that I, I didn't have those things and I, I've worked them back into my life and, and I know I can do this forever. Well, and I'm not, you know, with Weight Watchers, I think there were times when I thought like eating hundred calorie packs of things would magically like make weight fall off of me like <laughs> oh if i eat, just eat 500 calorie pa- oh wait a minute i could have just eaten could a piece of cheesecake a, a nice piece of cheesecake um so i'm just doing it differently i'm letting go of all the quick fix pill diet wrap one week you know hardcore whatever's um so so that's my number eight. Number nine, and I think that this is a really big issue for me, and I learned about it on a podcast uh, called uh, Weight Loss Made Real, um, is I had to realize that I was an emotional eater. There are people who are binge eaters, there are uh, compulsive eaters, and then emotional eaters. And I am nothing but a ball of emotions. So I found <laughs> every day and every way to eat emotionally. Um, you know, I've had some pretty serious... Um, heavy family situations and I would use that as an excuse to eat and drink crazy work situations eat and drink you know uh, my favorite show was canceled okay eat and drink and I had to disconnect myself or at least be self-aware enough to recognize my emotional eating yeah and it's still after losing 104 pounds still difficult to to do that sometimes just this past Thursday I had a an extra long and stressful day at work and I was irritated and I was there much later than I would like and you know about nine o'clock at night I just wanted to be on everything that was in the kitchen at work and I I had to you know take a deep breath and and not use it as an excuse and and you know eat some carrot sticks instead (laughs) well and after you know being self-aware enough to recognize emotional eating and then get tools to replace emotional eating with positive habits like I'm gonna go for a five-minute walk instead of eating or drinking my emotions I actually I had something pretty serious happen last year with uh, a family situation and after I got off the phone, after I found out about it, it didn't even occur to me to eat or drink. And it was shocking to me that that wasn't my first go-to. I was like, oh, you know, let's go for a walk. It's a beautiful day. And getting to the point where you really don't eat emotionally is, it's amazing. Cause that is a huge issue. And whether you're a compulsive eater or a binge eater, um, you know, all of that factors into eating. It, you can go on a plan for 30 days and they can tell you exactly what to eat, but that doesn't change why you eat. Um, so that emotional side was huge for me. Um, so the, the final point uh, of, our, of our list, number 10, 
stop quitting. And stop coming up for excuses, to, coming up with excuses to quit. Um, you know, you, you have a bad day, you, you know, somebody, it's somebody's birthday at work and you end up having the cake. Like, that is not an excuse to quit forever. You know, and I've had, you know, every time I've gone on and off Weight Watchers 20 times, I would, if I went up on the scale, I would stop going to Weight Watchers. Um, so stop quitting. Stop quitting when the scale goes up. Stop quitting when you're not motivated. I'm not. How, how much are you motivated, Don? None. Uh, none motivated. None. None motivated. Motivation is like a prom date that stands you up. Like you cannot just wait for prom to show up and the guy to show up to take you on this magical adventure where you feel I have the tiger. You just have to show up every day and do it whether you want to or not. Yeah, and it's the rest of your life and you have the rest of your life and you don't need miracle success. You just need slow, sustainable change and you can do it. I, If I can do it, anyone can, seriously. Well, and I, you know, over the course of a year, I gained, you know, I, I weighed in uh, weekly. I gained weight probably 25 times and I still lost 80 pounds in one year and if I had given up after that first time the scale went up two pounds like I, I can't imagine what would have happened and I quit so many times before so stop quitting stop quitting when you're stressed when you're anxious when you have a family crisis um, you know waiting for the perfect day waiting for new year waiting for whatever just do something today and tell yourself that there's no end to this because there really isn't just because I've lost over a hundred pounds doesn't mean that this is over for me. Like I have to keep doing this forever. And you know, there, there is no end to this. It's, it's just slow, sustainable habits. <laughs> That's There's no end. Oh, sorry. Part, Spoiler number 11. Part of me, uh, part of me feels like that's just a terrible thing to tell people. There's no end. It's never over. But really, I think that it's that mindset that, that has kept me going actually, that it's not a finish line. And um, you know, just because I've I've gotten really close to my goal weight doesn't mean that suddenly I can do whatever I'd like. So unless you live near a bunch of sharks and have delicious <laughs> chum leg, as or, I like to call you, it. Or you unearth a book of magical weight loss. Um, you know, just do something. Do anything. Be honest about who you are, what you like, what you don't like. Don't do it for anyone else. Do it for yourself. And, um, you know, the one weird trick is you. You're the trick. <laughs> you're the weird. You're so, the trick. Sorry that we called you weird. Sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> so, uh, so that's all we have time for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, yes, you can uh, find us at weonlylookthin.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, We Only Look Thin, um, Twitter, at We Only Look Thin, uh, Instagram. Uh, please uh, rate us on iTunes. And uh, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday, only what you do tomorrow. Tomorrow. And right now, do something good. Do something good. Thank do you. Something. Bye. Have a good week. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. Thank you.